Hello and welcome to another Community Power podcast, a weekly series brought to you by the Community Wealth Fund campaign in partnership with Local Trust. My name's Chris Allen and in this series we're showcasing some incredible projects, focusing in particular on what happens when you give local people the power, the money and the assets to make a difference to their neighbourhoods. With me is series producer Beth Lazenby. Beth, where are we off to this week? So this week, Chris, we're going all the way down to Par Bay in Cornwall, and we're going to be chatting to Hannah and Liz, who run a community interest group called Make Space Cornwall. They're going to be chatting to us about what they do to provide creative sessions to local residents and all of the benefits that it's brought to their community so far. Thanks, Beth. Indeed, a very beautiful part of the country down in Par Bay in Cornwall. Pity it's only a virtual visit. We're going to be hearing from Liz Davies. But first of all, I put to Hannah Shaw that I really like the title of Make Space Cornwall. How did that come about? Oh, thank you. Well, it was really about making space for yourself and having time to focus on creativity and and one thing at a time Um, and that space being anywhere Um, it could be your kitchen table it could be down in the village hall it could be up in your attic in your shed wherever it needed to be we very much kind of realized that a lot of creatives and artistic people who may not you know, had the opportunity to go to university to do creative pursuits, will often be working from their kitchen table or in their attic. It sounded very much immediately there that we're talking about making space for yourself, but also it's something to do with mental health and well-being in this. It's about also living in the part of Cornwall where we do. Uh, There are parts of Cornwall that have had a historical artistic culture like St Ives, Newlyn, Farmer where the art school is and Parr has really missed out on that but there are a lot of people, artists and creatives that live here that uh, really earn very little and work in isolation and, and one of the aims with Make Space and also part of the wider Creative Civic Change initiative is actually to expose more residents to cultural activity on their doorstep which will hopefully have the outcomes of better mental health and well-being and processing and encouraging their own creativity. I had a quick look at your website and I was looking down all the different ways by which people could interact, all the different talents you got there. I thought I was almost on the repair shop cast for a minute or two, really. You've got such a range of talents there. And that gives people a whole range of ways in which they can explore their artistic talents or just find out if they have any artistic talent. A lot of the uh, makers that we have listed on our website, there are more. I haven't had time to list all of them yet. They have either come and delivered workshops in the name of Make Space, or they've come and contributed in other ways, and all of them extremely talented. And you've got this motto of art makes things better. Uh, how did that come about? What was the better you had in mind? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's start with the fact we're not claiming that art makes everything better. We're merely highlighting the fact um, immersing yourself in creative pursuits has many benefits. And, you know, if you spend the time on yourself, you can clear your mind and take the time to process and problem solve. And I think there's also an issue about it being an open-ended activity when we live in such a target-structured society. And and I think one of the things that that we aim to do is to be inclusive and bring people together uh, where they feel they haven't got to be a brilliant artist or, or not to be judged on their work. And it's very much a safe space. Yeah. So Make Space often runs in pop-up locations in marquees or village halls. So whenever anyone arrives, 
to a Makespace event, they get welcomed by me or one of the team. And we take our time. It's not about come in, sit down, you've paid your money, here's the workshop. It's about coming in and being invited into that little community socializing interacting and learning from each other well i can see that you're focusing on allowing that space to learn and, and looking at some of the pictures you got there you know there's a lot of color color there's a lot of fun there's a lot of mess at times as well so it, it sort of is, is that broader canvas but i suppose through all that you do people might be discovering that they have a talent they didn't realize because no one had really given that chance at school or they were bad at art and they just gave up thought I can't do that and they, they suddenly discovered well actually this stuff I can do have you got any examples of people who've sort of been pleasantly surprised about the artistic talent they suddenly discovered they got Hilary she she came in and, and that was very much a, um she works in a primary school and before that and um, before children she was very creative and it kind of lay dormant in her and she came along to one of our free pilot workshops that we did pre-pandemic um and she just got totally lost in it you could see her coming to life with it it was absolutely fantastic and she's gone on to carry on creating and doing further workshops she started off her own little um, creative groups that now meet so they've got their own little group which is lovely it's really nice and she's selling some of her work the telephone box has been turned into a mini gallery nice. she's displayed some of her work in there as well so she's gone from strength to strength and it, I feel quite humbled in the fact that it was kind of reignited by one of our events and it definitely increases the mental well-being of the people there yeah, self-esteem, um, self-confidence, oh, and having fun. As, yeah, we're allowed to have fun, aren't we? We are allowed, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let loose. Throw some paint around. Yeah. Push and clay. It's, it's so important that we're able to play and, and have a good time. These programmes, they're resident-led, they're designed, you let people do what they want to do. Why is that important as opposed to you sort of sort of saying, hey, this is this is the route you need to go down? Well, we're not an academic or educational facility as such, are no. we? So we don't we don't have that that sort of paradigm. But but it is about individual expression. People who feel that that's something that's been lost to them for many years, very often, and, and I think particularly so for women. I think there's a, there's a gender issue there where women are so primarily involved still in in childcare and mm. homemaking still that just to have that time is so important. I think if you're suffering from mental health problems or or poverty or whatever it may be coming to one of our events can just be that little bit of light-hearted fun that you needed to make yourself realize that it isn't all doom and gloom and that actually you can throw yourself into making something um, and chatting over a cup of tea and actually it not being about being the best one at making that thing it is purely about getting immersed in that flow in the process and, and allowing that to happen. And a lot of people initially find it quite hard. You spot them, don't you? And you go and sit down and, and you have a side-by-side -side conversation rather than a, an interview. It's, it's just a chat about where they are in their day and how they're doing and, and what are you making? And it, it's, it's quite a special environment that gets created between a group of people who are all immersed in that one thing. Yeah. And it's a social occasion as well, but also from doing those workshops, time goes so quickly. Mm. I mean, three hours seems to go in as if it's 20 minutes. It's just so, so immersive and so much, so enjoyable. 
And art is sometimes used as a way by which people can express some of their deeper feelings, deeper issues as well. Do you find that in, in workshops that people are able to explore their feelings through the art that they're doing? For sure. And, and it may not always be apparent, but you, you can see people who are completely just processing the materials or whatever, and they are focused and they are in it. And you kind of think, I'm just going to leave them to it for a minute because they're doing something significant. It's, in- it's intensely personal at times, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I ran a, I'm a jeweler myself and I ran a jewelry making workshop and this one lady, she was really taking it out on that metal. <laughs> she, was, she was hammering away. She's like, I'm going to get some here. And it, she was loving it. And she'd got a newborn baby and she was allowed out for the day. It was like her special treat <laughs> to come and just have some headspace. And oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. She'd come with two friends and she just let rip with this hammer. She made a beautiful set of rings. It was really great. There's <laughs> obviously some key therapy of different kind in there as well at, at, time, <laughs> yeah. at times too. And do you have the opportunity to see the longer term impact on people? Because obviously they come along a part of a project. Do you sort of keep a, a link with them so you see what happens next? Yeah, we do like to. I've got a, a nice group of contacts actually and we do keep in touch via social media you know, and we update them about events we've got. And we often get people coming back and, and enjoying our workshops again and again. Um, we've actually got Makefest happening again this year. And I'll email all of the guys that came along from last year and, and anyone in between and, and let them know that we're, we're offering some more, some more light relief and hammering. <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth, anything, any, anybody in your mind that you think you can see some kind of longer term impact on them in terms of confidence building, skills building, obviously not naming them, but just stories that you, you, you see there? Yes, I mean, there, there have been some people that have taken part well, not just in Make Space, but other participants in the Creative Civic Change Programme. Um, some have enjoyed themselves and gone on to do the same things that they did before. And there are other people who have really, really flown with ideas, with a whole wealth of uh, interactive act- activities, um, some of them to do with ceramics, to do with the environment, to do with our place in the world, which is at a very high flood risk area. to think about all of those things together with the legacy of the PAR area, which is very much to do with ceramics and the China clay industry. There's one person that's just sprung to mind while Liz was talking, and she came in looking very much like she just wanted the ground to swallow her up. It it obviously taken her a lot to come. And I almost kind of held her hand and took her to her seat and congratulated her for getting there, because you could see that that in itself was an achievement eventually she she relaxed she relaxed and at the end she had made a set of rings and she came over and she said I wish I could hug you I almost didn't come I've been able to make a set of rings for my sister who has been really poorly throughout lockdown and this is something I've made for her to cheer her up and it obviously meant an awful lot that she'd done the whole process and it would mean a lot to her sister as well. And it strikes me that you've created space there where the vulnerable feel they can come to it's okay to come and get stuff wrong and, and try and get it wrong again. And, mm. and that's all right. It's okay that you're not perfect at something straight away. Kids aren't, they just get up and try again. But for adults to come along to a creative thing and get it wrong first time, it takes more out of you, I think. 
so you you do you have to kind of come on you can do it you can do it get it wrong it's all right we've got another piece of whatever it is over here and you can try again <laughs> and we have this wonderful phrase nowadays called social prescribing you're giving therapy out there to people is it being recognized the value of it in in the statutory sector you know by the local doctors or anything along those lines or or, or is it not seen as that kind of mainstream therapy yet we're working on um, at the beginning yeah getting involved with projects like this is slower it, I think it's just taking a bit more time than than we would like really isn't it it is but I think what we're doing as well is promoting a, a network of, of friends fellow artists and community which ultimately will help how you know where, where we live in par help to raise the profile the artistic profile of our community and I, I would like to see Par Bay is a creative hub. Obviously, you work in collaboration with other people. One of the key uh, organisations, events you work with is Prodigal Urban Playground. Uh, tell us all about that. They run an event um, called Par Tea, which is a mini festival. It's a free family festival and it was very successful in September last year. And we've now got funding to be able to do it again in September mm. this, this year and actually to make it an annual event. And, and one of the throw-offs from it really is the fact that there's a group called the Emergent Ensemble, which has been an apprenticeship, if you like, for five performing arts graduates who couldn't find employment. And they've had this apprenticeship and the chance to take part have a quite substantial part in the festival mm. and they're uh, dance based aren't they? they're da dance and parkour based and also they've all gone now the ones that have done that year apprenticeship have gone on to all full-time employment in performing arts whereas before they were working in low-paid jobs and, and didn't see that they would ever mm. be able to be in their profession at all and stay in the place that they where they live, live. and that, that's the real achievement yes. there is that Cornwall is so overlooked and everyone has to go from Cornwall <coughs> up country to be a part mm. of these bigger programs that's right and that's what Prodigal yes. and ourselves are really trying to change is is actually just being able to have those things accessible within our community yeah I see Cornwall as a, as a canvas uh, of creativity some of which hasn't been actually explored yet but I'd also say that there's been a historical brain and cultural drain if you like of people that have had to leave and work elsewhere and part of what we've done with the program is to actually make a start on allowing young people to stay and um, we're working on um, Parbay Creatives which which will be one of our kind of legacy things going forward won't it um, which is it's purely a community of these isolated artists mm. um, that get together and have a like-minded kind of ethos and an outlook on life and sharing their skills with the community. And people who obviously like to party. Yeah. <laughs> and participate with their partners. <laughs> That's Hannah Shaw and Liz Davies from Make Space Cornwall. Where can we find out more, Beth? So we'll pop the website address to Make Space Cornwall in the show notes where you can have a little browse around and maybe even get inspired to do some art yourselves. Thanks, Beth. Yeah, maybe give it a go or start a project yourself. Uh, you might have some hidden talent in there. I know I haven't, but you might just. Uh, Beth and I look forward to you joining us next time on the Community Power podcast, brought to you by the Community Wealth Fund campaign and Local Trust, discovering what happens when you give local people the money, the power, the assets and some space to be creative to make a difference to their neighbourhoods.